Welcome to the Relentless Pursuit Podcast. A great task remains, and we all have a role we can play. But what do we do with the questions we have about missions, about walking with God, about ourselves? Well, here's a space for us to wrestle and discover together. We don't have to have it all figured out to take our next step. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Do you ever hear a really, really good story? And at the end of it, you think, wow, I actually feel really encouraged right now and kind of bolstered up in my faith. Okay, today is that day. Uh, You get to hear from my friend Elise, who's going to share some stories that just bring me to my knees, I feel like, in gratitude and praise. So join us today as we have a conversation with Elise, who is serving in Southeast Asia. A couple times throughout the episode, you might notice that the audio cuts out. That is just our um, attempt to be able to protect our workers for the location of the country that Elise accidentally named. So you might notice that throughout the episode. But now let's get into our story time with Elise. Welcome, Elise. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Oh, I couldn't think of anyone better than to share with us their experiences, their stories right now overseas. So I'm actually wanting you to start us today with how has COVID been treating you? You and your husband are in Southeast Asia, and I know that a lot of people were you know, forced to leave their countries during COVID, but it sounds like you guys stayed. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, we had actually been in the U.S. for uh, three months prior, uh, right before COVID began to hit. So we we came back to Southeast Asia um, in March of 2020. Perfect. And, yeah, I know it was it was totally nuts. Um, yeah. We were just in in the country for three weeks when uh, everything completely shut down. Um, wow. So. We had teammates that had some medical needs, so they needed to evacuate. Um, we knew lots of other expats that needed to get out of the country for lots of different reasons. Um, but it was it was amazing. Like we had felt um, really refreshed from our time in the in the U.S. And um, I think yeah, we just came back into the country like really ready to go. And so it was actually perfect timing. So I feel like we had energy um, and stamina and hope. Um, and so, uh, it was perfect. It was, um, it was crazy though. Like we had, uh, such a strict lockdown that, um, nobody could even leave their houses for, for about oh, 12 man. weeks. So you would, you know, get groceries. 12 like, weeks. Yeah, 12 weeks. So, um, oh, you would go wow. get groceries and come home and that was it. And so, uh, yeah, there was just a, a lot of needs, um, like just very basic needs for getting medicine and getting food rations and stuff like that. And, and we were able to help with that. So it felt, um, yeah, it felt really rewarding to be back in the country yeah. um, at a time when there was so much need. Yeah. Unreal. I'm thinking of our own experiences here in the States in March 2020. Obviously, at this point, it was two years ago. But I mean, we had a lockdown for two weeks and I was going to lose my mind for two <laughs> weeks. So 12. Amazing. I admire you guys so much. And just your perspective of being able to help others in that time and in, in the city you were in. And so, oh, I just, yeah. I'm really grateful y'all had um, a pleasant experience, I guess, yeah, in the midst of chaos, too. I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. We are too. So today I hear that you have a story for us of actually something that happened during COVID. I mean, it's something that was going on in the midst of a lot of chaos and a lot of disappointment and separation. Um, mm-hmm. There was actually something that God was doing um, in your own home. So yeah. 
I just want to dive in. I just want to hear about it. So can you bring us into what God was doing during COVID? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think one of the really neat things is that um, back in March, yeah, that first lockdown um, in 2020, one of our friends uh, had been studying the book of Acts, and and he just made mention that as he was studying the book of Acts, um, he just said, you know, the thing I keep seeing um, in the scripture is that God cannot be locked down. He cannot oh, be wow. bound. And that was so wow. good to hear right at the beginning of that, you know, because I think at the time everybody was thinking, oh, you know, three, four weeks most, like nobody had yeah. any idea that it would go <laughs> on and on uh, for yeah. ages. And so um, so we we clung to that. We listened to that and we thought, yeah, that is the truth. Like our God cannot be locked down. His kingdom cannot be locked down. His Holy Spirit cannot be locked down. And so we began to um, ask for opportunities. We just began to say, you know, okay, God, like how, how are you working right now? Show us. Mm -hmm. We want to still be a part of it. And so um, we, you know, there was just a whole range of things at the time. Um, I'm a physician assistant. And so I was able to do a lot of telemedicine consultation at the time, uh, get medicines to a lot of people that needed it, um, food rations to people who, you know, basically all the supply chains were cut. And so um, people were going um, without food. And so we were able to, um, yeah, give out food at the time. Um, and then we started doing these like WhatsApp Bible studies. And so we thought, oh man, everybody basically ran home back to their villages. And so we started sending um, WhatsApp kind of like you know, videos and stories and stuff mm, about Jesus yeah. so that people could continue to learn and grow. So it was a really, really amazing time. Um, yeah, that we were that we were able to help. So all that to say, um, hey, and I just want to mention uh the street dogs are a little bit crazy tonight. <laughs> so if you hear got street dogs. So many I street dogs. That. So <laughs> just know if you hear the okay. dogs going crazy, it is okay. Totally good fun. to know. <laughs> Thank you. Good um, to know. Yeah, yeah. So um yeah, I think we were in um, the the first time that the restrictions began to loosen. So it was maybe eight weeks into lockdown. Restrictions were loosened enough that um, that house help could come back um, to people's homes and start working. And so, you know, in the Southeast Asian culture, um, anybody that can afford to have a house helper to cook or clean or whatever absolutely does. And so... Um, our house helper hadn't been able to come because she lived quite far away and the metro was closed. Um, so one day a lady came um, just knocking on our door and she just said, hey, uh, your landlord is hiring me to do a little work. Um, is there any way that I could do some work for you too? I was like, Absolutely. I don't want to be washing <laughs> yes. dishes anymore. Please come in. <laughs> and yeah. so um, so she came in and she just had this beautiful smile, just a sweet, sweet lady. And so um, we were kind of chit-chatting about the situation. And finally, I just asked her, I was like, hey, what's what's going on for you right now? And she said, hey, it's it's not good. I said, I live with my mom and dad and my brother. And um, I have two daughters, twin seven-year-olds. Uh, my husband's in the village. I had to leave him. And um, basically, because of lockdown, we are down to our last grain of rice. She was like, we oh don't gosh. have – any more food to eat. And so I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. We're, we're quite desperate. And so, yeah. um, yeah. So I just said, Hey, why don't I just advance you some money? Like, let me just give you this money and I'm just going to trust that you come back and work for me tomorrow and the next day. And as long as this lockdown, um, continues strictly and my house helper can't come, like, would you please work for me? She said, absolutely. And she went home. 
So she came back the next day and just kind of burst into my door. And she said, you won't believe this. It was so great. Thank you so much for that money. I I ran home as fast as I could yesterday. And I I took my mom to the store and we bought all the stuff. And she said, I even bought a, a bag of chips and a bag of cookies for my daughters. And they were so, oh, so happy. Um, yeah. And she said, you, you saved our lives. And then she said something that I will never forget as long as I live. Um, she said, I need you to tell me which God you follow because I have never seen generosity like that in my life. Get and I just out of I, here. I know. It's like, <laughs> right on a platter, right? Yeah. Oh my so I was gosh. like, oh, well, I I follow the Lord Jesus. And she's like, okay, never heard of him, but I also <laughs> want to follow him. <laughs> she's into it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. So I said, how about you finish up your work? And then why don't we do story time? And she was like, this is the best. And so she flew through her work that day and she came and sat with me on the steps. And I told her the first story. Um, so I have these little stories. It's kind of like a 40, um, 40 story set creation um, to the book of Acts. And so we sat oh, down wow. and did the yeah, yeah. So I sat down and did the first story with her, and she was like, "Oh, this is so good." She was like, "Are there more stories?" And I was like, "Yeah, there are, <laughs> <laughs> there are more stories. There are more yeah. stories." Um, so I told her another story that day, and then she got up and hugged me goodbye, and she oh, said, "Okay, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow, right?" And so. Yeah. So that kind of became the routine. She would come every day. She would quickly do her work. And then she would look at me with a big smile and say, story time? <laughs> I was like, yes, story time. <laughs> so um, so this went on for a couple of weeks. And it was um, it was so good. We just began to have this um, sweet relationship that began to grow. And um, one day I was telling the story of Noah and just like all the evil and corruption that was in the world. Mm. And she, um, she just said, oh, I, I know what that's like. Like, I've seen evil like that. I've seen corruption like that. And so I could tell there was something like just really weighing on her heart. And so, um, so I decided to kind of skip and tell her the story of Hagar. And oh, so as yeah. I began to tell, you know, Abraham and Sarai and Hagar um, and then get to this place where Hagar's in the desert and, you know, she's like, my son's going to die. I'm going to die. This is this is it. Um, and so as, I, as I'm going through the story, the crazy thing about the story is that um, oftentimes in our scripture, we see God naming people. But in this case, we see Hagar naming God and she gives God this name. You are the God who sees me. And Radha starts crying and she says, I know exactly what that was like for her. She said, I know what, what it's, I know what it's like um, to not have a choice. I know what it's like um, to be um, pushed aside. I know what it's like to be left for dead. And as she, she began crying. And so I just said, tell me, like, tell me your story. And so um, she told me that she had been married off at 14 um, to a man twice her age, um, only only three months into their marriage, um, he was he was such an alcoholic at the time that um, he developed cirrhosis and couldn't even get off his bed. So after a doctor examined him, the doctor said, he'll never work. He'll never have kids. He'll never be able to do anything. He'll he'll be dead within the next six months. Um, so that was her first, you know, introduction to marriage. Oh, and Yeah. So her, her parents helped her get a divorce, and then um, and she came to the city where her parents were working. Um, and just a few months later, um, her parents arranged another marriage for her. 
This time she said it was fine. Um, He was a good-looking man. He was young. He was smart. He had some education. Everybody in town loved him. And so she felt really hopeful about this marriage. And so she got married and everything was going great. And then she got pregnant, and um, which is a good thing. Um, And then she found out she was pregnant with twins, which is also a very good thing. But when the babies were born, um, they were girls. And everybody felt really badly about that because nobody yeah. wants to have a girl um, in this country. And so um, the husband uh, began to start treating her like just really poorly, um, began to sleep around with women in the village and just stopped caring for her at all. And so um, she has a very strong will. So she began to confront him like, this isn't right. You shouldn't be doing this. Um, and he would just get really angry and he began to um, – beat her quite terribly. Um, And then she said that one night uh, he came home 2.30 in the morning and she said, I was just tired. I was tired of being shamed in this way. And so I just said, you have to stop doing this. You have to stop um, these relationships with other women. And um, he got so angry at me that he picked up a pressure cooker, big, thick steel pot, um, and he began to beat me in my face with this pot and I felt it broke my nose, um, break my nose. And she said, I just, I couldn't even see, I was just gushing blood and I was so afraid that he was going to kill me. And I escaped next door to my in-law's house and my brother-in-law saw me and he, um, kind of pulled me into another room and closed the door. And I got really nervous, like what's going to happen now? And she said, he sat down beside me and began to put his hand on my, on my face. And he began to say this name over and over again. And she said the name that he was saying was Jisu Guru, which means Jesus teacher. Um, and she said in that moment, um, she said, I, I know he's Hindu. Like there's no way that he should be like praying in the name of any other God, but he was, and I felt myself being healed. And she stopped mm. for a minute and she said, wait a second, wait, what's your God's name again? <laughs> and I said, oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's Lord Jesus. And she goes, Are, is, that the, is that the same God? And I said, well, t- tell me, tell me more about Jisoo Guru. Like, who is he? And she's like, well, and she started wiping away her tears and getting kind of excited. And she said, you know, these Jisoo Guru people get together they don't have any idols. They kind of sit together and they sing songs and they pray for each other and people are healed in the name of Jisoo Guru. And if anybody has a need, everybody else works together to care for that person. And they um, they read from this big book and it's an important book. And she said, I used to make fun of these people, but that night that my brother-in-law began to pray for me in the name of Jisoo Guru, um, I, I stopped making fun of them. So do do you think these are the same? And I said, <laughs> I said, I think they're exactly the That's same, Radha. The one. Yeah. And then she looked at me and she said, Are you telling me that the God whose power I have already seen is the God who sees me? <laughs> and we both Good just night. <laughs> we both just burst into <laughs> tears. Where we're just like kind of sobbing our eyes out. And I'm like, yes, that's the one, the same oh, God. Oh, my word. So, um, yeah, so that's that's basically what happened in that first um, COVID lockdown. And so basically every day um, she continued to come after that and was like, I want to know more. I want to know more. So we finished those 40 stories in just about two weeks because she wanted, she wanted to hear more. Um, and so after that, I asked her if she wanted to um, read the book of Acts with me. So her mother tongue is Bengali. 
And so I had her read a chapter of Acts um, every day, and she would read it in Bengali, and then she would translate it to me in Hindi. And so um, I would I would be able to make sure she knew what she was, you know, reading and help her understand it. So anyway, I'm not, you know, my husband and I aren't people that are like, you know, if you want to go to heaven, just raise your hand, or like, you know, like, you know, repeat this yeah. like simple prayer. So, you know, I was just wanting to see the Holy Spirit work. I wanted to see um, what God was doing. And so um, just a couple of weeks after that, she came back to her house and she said, I did something last night. And I was like, okay, what did you, what did you do? <laughs> and she said, um, it was the middle of the night and I woke up. And she said, I knew that the time, the time was right. And so I climbed up onto the roof and with no one looking around, like everybody's asleep in this little urban village. And I raised my hands um, to the sky and I said, Jesus, I'm yours. I will not walk any other path. I don't want to follow any other guru, any other God, any other teacher. You are it for me. And then she looked at me and said, is that what I was supposed to do? like uh yeah that's it that's fantastic (laughs) um, yes so it's so cool so um that was it like she gave her life to jesus and as we read through the book of acts she was like what's this baptism thing all about is do people get baptized are you or have you been baptized i'm like yeah i have and she's like can i get baptized i'm like yeah you can (laughs) if you want to yeah so yeah, oh, as man. as she was reading scripture, um, she just began to um, grow, and the Holy Spirit was moving and opening her eyes, and um, and as as she learned more and more, she just got like so excited about it that she literally could not contain it, and began to share it with her parents, and share it with her brother, and share it with her sister in another city and share it with her other sister in the village and, and and even begin to pray in Jesus name for her neighbors and her friends and people on the street and it was um it was unbelievable yeah i well you know i should say so um i feel like well first of all i'm kind of shocked right now but also <laughs> i'm not shocked because this mm. sounds like our god this sounds like something he would do in the midst of a lockdown and a crisis mm. um uh, yeah, I'm floored. I cannot um, hardly just even stand this. Basically, what I'm wondering is, so kind of with this story model that you were talking about, so is that something, is that a big part of it where, you know, as believers begin to hear these stories, or rather maybe they aren't believers yet, but they're being won over by the spirit, they, their yeah. their hearts are being transformed. Is it kind of an expectation to where, you know, as they are hearing, would they go share these stories with somebody else? Or, but I also know there might be a lot of fear sharing these things with your families because of the devotion to um, other gods, because of this, the, the culture of, um, of, following, you know, hundreds of thousands of gods. And so I think, you know, when you begin to hear like, oh, there's only one God and taking other gods off the shelf Mm -hmm. kind of thing, it could be very uh, divisive with these families. And obviously that's something that believers are are aware of, even throughout scripture of just the divisiveness of the gospel. So I'm wondering, was that something where with your friend, um, was she prepared? I mean, it sounds like she obviously was very excited anyway to, you know, go share these stories. But is that something in general where when people are hearing these stories, they would go share? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, What's interesting is because she had been on the other side, because she had laughed at these Jisoo Guru people, she had made fun of them. She knew 
that it was coming. Like she knew, <laughs> but she also wow. yeah. had experienced um, these two, I mean, like what she would call miracles, this miracle of healing and this miracle of God providing for her family in lockdown um, that she couldn't, she couldn't keep it in. And so she knew what she was risking. And so we did talk a lot about it. Um, and what I told her was, uh, Tell the people that God is telling you to tell. There will be times that the Holy Spirit does tell you to keep your mouth shut and you have to listen to that. And there are other times where it will feel really scary and it will feel um, impossible or it will even feel dangerous. And if the Holy Spirit is telling you to say something and to open your mouth, then you should. Um, And she did. And, you know, like even with her parents, when she told her mom um, that she wanted to be baptized, her mom was like, "You, you cannot be baptized. You can, you can follow Jesus. You mm. can pray the prayers. You can sing the songs. I don't even care if you go to church, but you cannot be baptized. You were, and she used the word baptized. You were baptized um, to Lord Krishna. You, we devoted oh, wow. you to Lord Krishna, and so it would be a slap in his face if you took another God's baptism. Wow. And so then she was just yeah. like, "Now, like now, what? Like, what do I do now?" Mm. And I just said, "Hey, listen, you've 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 got to listen to the Spirit. Like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Like, you have the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy yeah. Spirit will lead you." And mm. so she said that she had been praying about it, and she was just feeling really anxious, kind of going back and forth, and um. Even one night she said, um, you know, I finally decided it was too much. The cost was too much. I couldn't be baptized. And so she said, I I made this decision just in my mind. And I just said, no, it's too much. I'm not going to do that. And she said, this crazy thing suddenly happened. I, She said, it was like I, I fell into a pit of darkness. And she said, suddenly I had the most anxiety I've ever felt in my life. I felt like I was completely surrounded by darkness. Like I couldn't hear anything. I couldn't see anything. Like I was just sinking into a blackness. And she said, I've never been so afraid in my life. And in that moment of the greatest fear I've ever felt, I called out on the name of Jesus. I said, Jesus, you've got to get me out of this. You've got to save me from this. And instantly it was gone. Like light was there. Peace was there. Hope was there. Joy was there. And she said, and suddenly I realized, what was I thinking? No, he really is the way. Like I will be baptized. Like I'm going to do it no matter what. And so she came to me and we made this plan um, about where and how she would be baptized. And she said, you know, I'm going to have to sneak out. Like, I'm going to have to do this secretly. And I said, that's okay. Like, we're here with you. We'll be there with you. And the day before she was baptized, her mom came up to her and said, you know what? I've been thinking about this baptism thing that you want to do with Lord Jesus. And you know what? It's your life. Like, if you want to do it, you do it. That's fine. Don't let me hold you back from what you need to do. And so she she called me and said, I'm on my way. And she, like, ran into my house. And she's like, you won't believe what just happened. Like, my mom said I could do it. And so very joyfully, um, she was baptized um, with our oldest son. Like, it was this really cool thing. Like, he's growing in his faith and she's growing in her faith. And so actually our oldest son um, and Radha were baptized together. Um yeah, but what's it is crazy, right? Like um the people that she has told, it's been um it has been dangerous in some sense, right? Like um at some point she told me a story about um when she came to the big city that first time after her first divorce. Um she had a friend that was so kind to her and so helpful to her and so um 
uh, this last lockdown, she called and said, hey, this friend who was my only friend that I ever had in the big city, um, this friend has uh, demons. And so this friend asked if we could pray for them. And I was like, yeah, like, absolutely. And so we left these prayer messages for uh, her friend. And um, a day later, she called and said, you won't believe this. Like, my friend is good and everything's fine. And I said, hey, can I can I meet this friend? Like, I'd love to like, you know, like this is right, like how the story grows. And she's like, let me meet this friend. And she's like, I can't let you meet this friend. I'm like, okay, like what what's wrong? And she, she's like, it's a really – um, she's like, it's an embarrassing and shameful thing. And I'm like, okay, like, like what, what yeah. is it? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. And so she said, you know, when I came to the city, um, that first time I was, you know, 15 years old, lost and lonely and devastated that my marriage had ended. And, um, a Hindu Brahmin priest, a man who was married, befriended me and loved me and took care of me and was kind to me. And I fell in love with him. And she said, and when I came back to the big city um, just a few months ago, um, we started meeting together again um, while his wife and children are in the village. And she began to cry and she just said, like, now, now what do I do? Because this is the only oh, person wow. I have I have ever loved. Um, and he loves me and he cares about me. But she's like, now that I know Jesus, I know that I can't keep doing this, can I? And I was like, no, you can't. I <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. yeah, So I just like, I was reminded of the messiness of discipleship, of Mm. the realness of all of it as people are coming to Christ. But what's interesting is that even though this was kind of a shameful and embarrassing thing to her, and she could have just said, you know, I don't know, I'm I'm not going to talk about it. I don't want to like, or I'm going to leave, whatever, you know, she decided. She, She said, but, you know, I care about this person so much. And the truth is he needs Jesus. He needs Jesus. And so like what like what do we do? Like he has to know about Jesus. And so um actually my husband and I had a big conversation about it. And uh eventually um I I got to meet this Hindu Brahmin priest with her. Um wow. went to his temple and sat with this guy. Um and he just said, Okay, so I'm here to listen. He said, Usually I'm doing the speaking, but I'm here to listen. Right. What do you want to tell yeah. what do you want to tell me about your God? And so for 45 minutes, um, I had the chance to share the gospel with this Hindu Brahmin priest. And um, and Radha very clearly shared her testimony with him, shared these miracles that she had experienced. And, you know, in the culture, like it's not right um, to like kind of talk about those shameful things that have been done. And so yeah, she yeah. couldn't in front of me say, and, and I'm breaking up with you and it's over now. Um, yeah. But at the end, she just said um, – I hope that you will follow the path of Jesus, and I hope that you and your wife and children are happy for the rest of your days. Goodbye. And so I stood up with her, and we walked wow. out. And that was, and that was the end. So it's like there are all these, you know, she's got these family members and these friends, and this like random Hindu Brahmin priest that she had an affair with, who now has heard the gospel in full. And and oh, I don't know, like right, word. like I don't know what God is doing in his life, but I can see. I can see the seeds, you know, like I, what, what I told Radha was I like to take seed and I like to throw it as far as I can. I like to spread it as far as I can because I have no idea what the Holy Spirit is doing, where he's moving, where he's working. Um, but it's certain that he is. I have so many things to say. Good night. I don't even think I'll be able to say them all. But basically, I mean, this girl, she 
<laughs> I, so basically, from the minute you started telling her story, I felt like she has seen it all. I mean, she truly is someone who hmm. um, she has seen the lowest of lows and yeah. and she's experienced such victory in her heart because of Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And so this is incredible because I think also, um, I mean, if I'm, I mean, if I'm wrong, let me know. But like if she, I think it's a very traditional thing in Southeast Asia that it's kind of hard to identify things like sin because that's not mm. really, that's a very... Um, I don't know, Western word. Like it's not like mm-hmm. that's a very um, common understanding of what is sin? What makes me be separated from someone mm-hmm. um, other than like criminal? Like that's kind of the word that mm-hmm. I think can come as close to sin. But anyway, mm-hmm. so for her to be able to identify in her life, you know, oh, this is wrong. Like this, yeah. this aspect of my character, of my behavior, it's wrong. Yeah. And so not that she's just, and it's funny because she wasn't just trying to manage her behavior, like externally mm-hmm. fix her life on the outside and then just see if her heart would follow like yeah. kind of those behaviors. But she was transformed inwardly mm-hmm. and then yeah. it affected her life. So yeah. I, so I'm blown away because I think that this is something that you know, I think we just pray. This is what we pray for as, as believers, as people who believe that God is able to change lives and change hearts, change, um, futures, eternities, all these things. This is what we pray for in in terms of someone's life encountering Jesus multiple times, even like you said, she had encountered Jesus, you know, before she'd actually even met you, but she had no idea it was him. And then, so I, I'm so scattered right now in thought because I'm just, I'm blown away that um, her story has been as powerful as it is, that, that yeah. there is, it, it all points to the work of the Lord. And then yeah. you, Elise, your faithfulness to her in the sense of you were willing to walk through the messiness of discipleship, like you said, I, I think that that is, well... I think it's very rare to to meet um, friends, to have friends that are willing to kind of stick with that that really hard kind of ugly part, especially if it means in such a shame honor culture. Mm. Um, that's my observation is that it could have been really embarrassing or, or even scary for you to think, well, now I have her whole family out to get me because I'm <laughs> I'm the one that introduced her, to, you know, to Jesus, sure, and so sure. um, that could have come with the whole complex. I don't know. I'm just thinking of so many things could have gone wrong that actually were so protected. You were protected mm, by the mm-hmm. Lord to keep being her friend and to go meet this priest with her. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I, I don't know. I, I'm just blown away. This story is just covered with the glory of God. And all that you may first begin the episode, you had mentioned um, that God was a God that cannot be locked down. So mm-hmm. I think, even when people here in the West, especially, were experiencing so much disappointment during lockdown, like when mm-hmm. we were in quarantine here and things were shifting, it was hard to gather and get people to really enjoy the Zoom you know, community. Yeah. It was all oh, just yeah. <laughs> so hard to actually enjoy people. Mm-hmm. Where you were, you were actually um, experiencing just radical joy, walking with mm-hmm. someone through her life and her story. So yeah. uh, praise God. I, yeah. I'm I'm so thankful for this story and for your faithfulness to the gospel to Radha. Um, yeah, wow! Thank you for all of this. <laughs> this yeah. is so encouraging. What do you see for Radha now? What's What's going to happen with her? Is she continuing to enjoy your family and get to know you and and walk in faithfulness? What do you see kind of happening in the new year for her? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, well, and the it's interesting that you mentioned kind of the family stuff and the protection. Um, in the second wave, uh, her father got COVID. Um, oh, wow. And so, and he, and he has like all the things, right? Like he has every single yeah. comorbidity. He has diabetes and high blood pressure oh, and wow. like all, all yeah. these things. And so, you know, I'd been kind of telling her like, hey, you really got to watch out for your dad. Like if he gets COVID, it will be, it won't be good. Um, mm. Anyway, our family also, like we all got COVID. And so, you know, it's like I'm seeing all the COVID patients. We all have COVID. And then uncle, you know, her dad gets COVID and um, she calls and just says, hey, my dad has a fever of 104 and he's unresponsive. And the long story short is that like I went to their house and um, yeah, he couldn't talk. He he wasn't doing anything. Oh. His, you know, blood sugar was 600. His... Um, uh, heart rate was 180. His, you know, like oh, blood my pressure word. was, it was, yeah. it was crazy. And I, I didn't even know like where to begin. I was just like, yeah. okay, Jesus, you've got to help me know like where to start. And, <laughs> yeah. and I thought to ask like, oh, have you given him his blood pressure medicine, his diabetes medicine? No, we haven't given him anything in two days because he felt so terrible. And so it's like, you know, we're just like sitting him up and like shoving meds in his mouth. And, um, there was one medicine that he really needed that they didn't have. And so I was like, Brad, I'm going to go grab this medicine and be right back. And she's like, not without praying. <laughs> And I was like, right, got it. Mm. Yes. And so, <laughs> yeah. um, and so we stopped and prayed um, for her dad in Jesus' name. And I went to get the medicine. It took way longer than I thought. And he came back 40 minutes later. And honestly, I was super worried that mm. he was not going to be alive when I came back. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and when I came back, he was sitting up and he saw me walk through the door and he said, what? Why hasn't anybody gotten Elise chai yet? Like somebody give her chai. She's <laughs> Oh my gosh. And Radha goes <laughs> – this is just like the story in the Bible of like Peter's mother-in-law and she was like so sick with a fever and Jesus healed the mother-in-law and like yeah. the mother-in-law got up and started like making food for everybody. And um and so her dad was like, "Oh my goodness, like I like I have been healed by Jesus. Jesus healed me." And so even like later on and it's a whole kind of long story, but later on, the the dad and mom went to their village where they had told me that nobody, nobody, nobody ever had heard the name of Jesus. Hmm. Like people in Radha's husband's village knew about Jesus, but in their village, they hadn't. And okay. so this past, um, I think August, <laughs> they were in the village and they're just telling everybody that Lord Jesus healed him. Okay. So her parents are not believers, right? Like right, right. they still have like, they still have a little Krishna up on their wall, but they have started praying in Jesus name. And they started telling everybody that Jesus is the, is the one who saves. He's the one who saves lives. He's the one who gives healing. You should yeah. pray in Jesus he is name. He set apart. Yeah. Yes. And so I'm just like, this is so crazy that these, you know, until now, non-believers are just telling everybody about Jesus. And so, um, Anyway, this is kind of a part, like now they have this big plan um, for our family to go to their village. And they were like, they just need to hear, people need to hear more about Jesus. And so yeah. all that to say, like we continue to meet with her parents, her parents um, and her family members are all beginning to believe. So they're still like, oh, I still don't know, like if I can like throw, throw away my idols, but they're right. definitely right. praying in Jesus name. Both of her parents just last week prayed for the first time, both of them in Jesus' name, um, which was like such a crazy thing to see, right. crazy thing to hear. So she continues. I think the story for her, like her, the thing she said to me uh, just last week was, you know, my um, my idea is for God to use me to tell the name of Jesus, um, like basically to the ends of the earth, you know, like right. sub yeah. like in all the corners <laughs> of the earth. And I was like, 
Well, that is fantastic. That so what's what's dandy. cool? Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. So what's <laughs> what's cool is that um, as she's kind of coming to this place where she's just like, this is worth it. Like I want to tell everybody. Um, my husband and I um, started noticing a theme, a trend of seekers and believers in this village where Radha lives. And mm-hmm. in this village, it's where we have our business as well. And so we're always mm-hmm. there. Our teammates live there. You know, so it's like. We've kind of become a part of the community. Um, Anyway, so we just keep meeting people um, who who are ready to share. And so um, with a looming third um, lockdown, we asked people Uh, um, a month ago, we were like, hey, what if we – what if we taught you all how to do small groups in your house? Because right now, small groups aren't banned. And so um, over the past month, um, we have had 16 people in our home weekly, including Radha, and have been training them um, on how to do this kind of discovery Bible study model that we were kind of talking about for these stories and, um, yeah. you know, what did you learn and how can you apply it to your life and who can you tell? Um, and so we've been doing these. So, um, Christmas, just last week, we had um, everybody had their first meeting. So four home groups were started in this village. And um, one of the home groups was in Radha's home with her parents, with her sister, with her daughters, oh, with her brother, with her nephew. Like, it was yeah. amazing. And so um, <laughs> I think the story is, is that um, it's going to continue, um, yeah. you know, to the kind of the ends of this city and uh, the ends of the earth. Elise, I'm speechless again. This happens to me quite often on this podcast when I hear <laughs> people's amazing stories, but I'm just blown away. I, I think especially by you saying that, you know, it's it's not going to end with Radha and that would be mm-hmm. the idea of multiplication. Yeah. That is how God yeah. intended it to be, that it would not just end with one, but it would it would go to the many. And so... That's what I see from the stories you've shared. I mean, those groups and the homes and, uh, and now that they are equipped <laughs> with this, this model, they are, yeah. they are immediately practicing obedience and they are going yeah. to now tell stories to people. And I feel like it's like you said, it's, you know, you're, you're about to have another lockdown. And so because they are equipped with these things before the lockdown, it feels mm-hmm. so appropriate that like, yeah, of course, like the, the hope of like the message of the gospel wouldn't die with COVID. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. it can't, it, it, it cannot do that. And so it's impossible. So, so to already feel like, oh, it's in good hands. Like, it, like mm-hmm. it will keep going throughout COVID. Like <laughs> I'm just blown yeah. away that the, I mean, they are, I don't know, these people, Radha, I mean, they are, they are caring for, um, this message so well, the, the hope of yeah. Jesus, they are sharing it boldly. And so, oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> Merry Christmas to all. This is so, <laughs> so exciting. Um, thank you. It for is. It's a Christmas story. miracle. It's yeah, so good. <laughs> yes. That's what it feels like. Like this is the spirit of Christmas. This is what, mm-hmm. what it feels like. So, um, Yeah. Thank you for this. I'm I'm terribly encouraged. I hope everyone at home is too. Um, and that this would be even just a launching point for anyone listening today that is wondering, you know, gosh, you know, wherever you are right now in the world, if it feels like it is just lost, like like the hope really is lost mm-hmm. with the friends that you've been making and and the stories you've been telling and um you know, if there's just no fruit, I love what you said earlier, Elise, about you want to cast seed as far as you can so that 
um, I mean, even just as an act of obedience in your own life, but that you are trusting God with multiplication. And so for anyone listening today that is wondering, you know, those seeds that I cast years ago or last week or yesterday, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. like you are praying that they would be planted and nurtured and they would grow. Well, then this is your opportunity to hear another story of faithfulness Mm -hmm. around the world and to know that God is working. He cannot be locked down. Um, wow. (laughs) I'm excited for you. I'm excited for the work that you, that you and your family are doing. Thank you for all of your, your time and your devotion, um, among these people. We're really thankful. Yeah. We're grateful to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that to be said, um, you know, Radha's story going on in 2022. What about you and your family? I mean, how could we even, as a podcast family, be considering how to pray for Elise's family and and things coming for y'all in the future? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I always, uh, we, we've been in this country for seven years and- um, Wow. Much to much to my shame, I always wonder if I would be as willing to stay here if it weren't for the mm. fruit that God is allowing us to see. And um, I don't like to think about what my answer would be, but God in His kindness has allowed us to see fruit, and it has encouraged our hearts so much. Yeah. Um, and so, as I think about this new year. Um, Yes, I think all the things like praying God's protection, um, both physically and spiritually, yeah. um, I think those are huge. Um, but also these these four little fledgling home groups, um, yes, with people who have who have never taught the word in their lives, but want to and are trying to. Um, if you all will just pray that God will use these people. Um, some of them don't read or write. But they know the stories and they love the Lord and they have been changed, dramatically changed um, by his spirit. And so if you will pray for their protection, um, some of the people are teaching secretly, like if their husbands or family members right. found out, um, it would be quite dangerous for them. Yeah. Um, and, and they've said, like, we've counted the cost and we're, we're willing to do it. But if you will pray also for their protection, um, yeah, and this this village, like we see that God is drawing people to Himself. There, people have prayed for this village for more than fifteen years, like consistently. Oh wow! Um, and even just yesterday, my husband met a man on the street um, and just kind of shared a little, you know, just kind of threw something out there. And the guy said, "Oh, actually, I follow Jesus." Hmm. And my husband was like, "Where do you live?" And he mentioned this village, and we're like, "That's that's crazy!" And so, you know, just like. <laughs> God is moving and working like without us. Um, yeah. So if you will pray that in 2022, that this truly would be the year of um, of heaps of fruit, this, you know, like 20, 30, 50, 100 fold, that these yeah. um, seeds would grow roots deep, um, that God would protect these leaders and teachers and that many, many would come to faith in this next year. Well, I'm going to go ahead and speak for everyone listening today and say that, yes, we will. (laughs) We will pray for you guys and we will, um, we will enjoy coming alongside you all Mm. and praying for, um, the new year, all that will come. We love that. Um, thanks. Thank you for your time today, Elise. Thank you for this story and we're excited to see what comes. Yeah, absolutely. Emily, thanks for having me. Y'all, I hope you enjoyed that story time with Elise just as much as I did. So now I want to give you an opportunity to follow up with us after you heard that episode. So if you feel called to go and you're interested in learning more about what Going With Pioneers could look like, 
then fill out a start form today at pioneers.org slash start. It takes about 10, 15 minutes to complete and doesn't lock you into anything. After you fill it out, you'll be followed up with, with one of our missions mentors. Uh, Their job here at Pioneers is to talk with people just like you and help you discern your next steps of your missions journey. So fill out a start form today.